Hey everyone, we got another jam-packed episode coming out you all today for Wednesday. Got some trades that just happened. Um, why it looks like it's a, basically a seller's market right now. I'm gonna go over the prices that a couple of teams paid and why, you know, maybe this is good news for an away with the penguins, but also maybe it's bad news um in a way for the penguins as well. We're also going to preview the game on Thursday against St. Louis. And of course, you know, get into some more uh camping and talk just because I mean. You know, last night was even more brutal, but, you know, maybe there's a bright side coming. And there's a small moment that I noticed um, after uh, Captain missed his chance on a breakaway that I think hopefully could, you know, turn the tide for him. I'm probably, this is probably very wishful thinking, but I'm going to get to that right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO. Arnold Penguins, and of course, thank you all so much for making this your first Listen of the day, deadline is five days away. We finally got some action tonight. Let's just get in right into that for this first segment. I'll preview the Blues game in the next segment. But um, three trades so far today. I'm sure as I'm recording at, what is it, 9 o'clock right now, um, there is probably going to be another trade maybe as as I'm recording. You know, I know last night that wasn't the case, but, you know, with my luck with this stuff, you know, maybe maybe there will be. Um, But so the first one of the day, Frank Vertrano goes from Florida to New York. Don't really have a problem with that. And, you know, he was not bad this year. Um, but the second one, we finally get the Ben Sherratt trade. Um, he goes down to Florida for a prospect, a first-round pick in next year's draft, and a fourth-round pick in this year's draft. Um, you know, again, I, I touched on this on my Tuesday episode. I don't know why people were throwing out the name Sherratt for the Penguins. It never made any sense. They are so stacked on the blue line with many capable NHL defensemen. Help P.O. Joseph is not even up right now, and he is most likely ready to play. You know, they have their top six. Marcus Pedersen is a scratch. Yuso Wikula is probably NHL ready. And again, you have P.O. Joseph right down there. So that's eight very capable NHL defensemen right now. Why in the hell would they go out and trade for Ben Sherrod? Um, I, I don't really understand people that think they needed another defenseman. I think they're totally fine right now. I mean, you know, even Mark Friedman is in the lineup and he's had a pretty small sample size, even though it's, it's been good. You know, I know Mike Sullivan has been experimenting with it because the Penguins have like a 99.999% chance of getting in the playoffs, but that should tell you something. If he's in the lineup over someone like Marcus Pedersen, who has really not done anything wrong for as long as he's been a Penguin. So at the end of the day, it never made any sense. I know it came from the national hockey now network. Um, the person who runs the Pittsburgh's chapter um, let's just say he's not trustworthy. Um, I'm not going to say any more than that, um, but I, I do not think he has any sources with, inside the organization. And believe me, as I'm saying this, I know I don't either. I don't claim to. I, um, I, I never really um, have. And you know, I, you know, as soon as if if I ever did, you know, I'm not just gonna you know try to start out something that's not there. You know, I don't think there was ever any Ben Sherratt rumors. Um, to say the least, never made any sense. And that package that Florida gave up, that, that's a lot. <laughs> Three assets. And I know, you know, banners hang forever. Florida's all in. But 
I really don't know what they see in him that warranted giving up a first round pick in next year's draft um, and a couple of other th- uh, things. Because you know, if you look at Jay Fresh's stuff, um, his projected wins above replacement right now is 0%, even strength defense, 9 percentile, power play, 9%, PK, 6 percentile. He doesn't draw any penalties. His goals four per 60 is 42 percentile. Even strength offense, it's okay. You know, <clears throat> he's been, his quality of teammates is bad. His finishing isn't bad. But, you know, he's probably not as bad this year is, as he's been for the rest of his career. But I still don't think he's worth that price tag, even if he's not as bad as we've seen him be this year. Um, you know, I think Florida is already pretty stacked on the blue line. Um, I don't really know what they see in him for that. And, you know, for def- the defenseman market, if Ben Sherratt is worth that, what's Marcus Pedersen worth on the trade market? It's a fair question to ask. I've even seen people say out there, what is Brian Dumoulin worth on the trade market if Ben Sherratt goes out and gets a first round pick in return? Hell, you know, I don't think this is going to happen, but what is John Marino worth on the trade market? I mean, the Penguins do have a surplus of defense and they can trade to get that impact forward that I've been talking about for the last week or two, hell, even three weeks now. Who, who knows? You know, G- GMs value defensemen differently. I, I understand that. But, you know, when I see this trade tonight, I'm like, wow. If a defenseman as bad as Ben Sherrod, especially offensively and heck, even defensively this year, gets that kind of return, you know, that, that, should, you know, that should send a little message, um, you know, to Ron Hextall saying, okay, you know, you know, he can kind of use that against other general managers and be like, okay, this guy got this, you know, well, what about a couple of my guys here? So um, definitely thought it was an overpayment for Florida. Um, glad the Penguins were really never in it. Um, and I will be curious to see what happens now with Pittsburgh um, if they want to trade one of their defensemen um, at the deadline. You know, we're only basically four and a half days away now um, at this point from the deadline. The other trade, so Cali Yarncrock. I saw that option out there for the Penguins. I think Josh Yoey wrote it from The Athletic in one of his articles last week. I saw Washington, I think, had interest in him. He goes from Seattle to Calgary for a second-round pick in this year's draft, a third-round pick in next year's draft, and a seventh-round pick in 2024. Um, you know, I did see some Penguins fans on social media and a couple other places say that they wish they could have gotten him. Um, I personally, I, I say this to those people. Two words. Aim higher. Um in my opinion, the Penguins have about five Cali Yarncrocks. You know, and he's a fine player, not really going to hurt you. Solid defensively, good on the PK, can put him on your second power play unit if you want. But he's not that much, you know, of a play driver. 26 points in 49 games. It's not bad, but, you know, if you're looking for an impact top six winger, that's not your guy. So I am perfectly fine with the Penguins passing on him for that, especially at that price. I mean, three picks um, all in back-to-back-to-back years, especially one of them being a second-round pick. Um, I, I don't, I you know, I, I know I don't usually care of teams that are all-in trade draft picks because banners uh, fly forever, but, you know, I feel like a team like Calgary could have used those picks to go get someone a bit better. And if Pittsburgh had been the team to acquire Jan Kroc from Seattle, I would say the same thing. You know, I don't, I don't want to just burn assets for the sake of burning assets. I would want to make sure that what I'm giving up you know, actually matches the player that I'm getting in return. And I don't think, you know, I I, I, I get it. Calgary's all in. They already got to Foley. You know, they're a very deep team right now. They're probably going to blitz a lot of the teams in this conference come playoff time. But um, I just don't think Yon Kruk is worth what Brad Chilliving gave up for him. So 
these two trades aside, you know, I'm fine. The Penguins passed on, you know, one obviously Yarncroft and especially um, on Sherratt. No patience. There's still time. A lot of these names, a lot of the other players have not moved yet. I know some of the teams have wanted to get a head start. That's totally fine. I'm sure we're going to see more deals leading up to this weekend. Obviously, during the weekend, and then Monday is going to be hopefully a big day. But all I can say to the Penguins fans out there, stay patient. You know, I'm sure Ron Hextall has been talking to teams this week. He's been maybe his cell phone's been you know having some battery issues and all that stuff. But you know, you know, let's just let's see what happens. You know, if there, if he doesn't make a trade on Monday then you all can sound off as much as you want. But I think right now, my opinion, um, you know, he's, he's being wise to wait out the market a little bit. This is a seller's market. These two prices that we just saw for Ben Sherratt and Kyle Yarncroft are seller's prices. I mean, you know, there's just not as many buyers out there this year. When that happens, you know, you get a seller's that, you know, you know, they can, there's, there's more sellers and they can, they can, ask for whatever they want. And again, those two prices that they asked for that they got, it's very steep for those kind of players. So that sums up my thoughts on the two trades today and what they meant for the Penguins and what they could mean moving forward. Coming up in the next segment, I'm going to preview the game against St. Louis um, on Thursday night as the Penguins. That will be their second of the three um, game road trip before they go to Arizona on Saturday. But before I get to that, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're frothy, marshmallow They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Bilt Bars also are covered in 100% Real chocolate, yes, puffs are included. It's all 100% real chocolate there. They're low-calorie, high-protein. You replace your candy bars with these, and they are better than candy bars as well. You go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away. High-protein, low-calorie, high-fiber, and low-carb. Most bar, built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first. Then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So you can go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So Pittsburgh takes on St. Louis Thursday night game, 8 o'clock. Um, in St. Louis, of course, and you know, this is this is going to be a pretty. I, I had the funny enough. I go to my left wing lock to evaluate the Blues lines, and I have the Rangers lines pulled up for whatever reason. <laughs> this is my lock right now. Um, but St. Louis is a good team. I mean, they're they're, they're top three in the Central right now. Um, they've been one of the best teams in the NHL all year. They're obviously not going to catch Colorado. I mean, Colorado is just on a freaking heater, but. You know they're 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 basically battling with Nashville for sec that second third spot. I think that's probably what we're all going to see in the first round, unless Minnesota comes up there and plays St. Louis. But right now, if the playoffs were to start today, it will be St. Louis having home ice over Nashville Blues right now, thirty four and seventeen and eight. The Penguins, of course, thirty six and sixteen um, and nine. The Blues do have two games in hand um, on the Penguins, but their lines. Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron. I mean, O'Reilly is one of the best two-way players in the game. Um, oh, he's having a good year 
as well. You, you always got to look out for him. You know, I always say that the O'Reilly trade from a Buffalo perspective was absolute dog water. Uh, as the kids like to say, of course, that weird word, but um, they just, you know, I know they got Tage Thompson back. He's actually been pretty decent this year. Um, but outside of that, I think it was like Patrick Berglund, uh, Vladimir Sabotka. I, I don't, he's not even in the NHL anymore. I don't think Berglund's in the NHL anymore either. I think they also got a pick back on that trade was just a really bad one um, for Buffalo and O'Reilly. You know, he's just been a mainstay there ever since Shen. Of course, we all know him from the Philadelphia days. He's having a good year. David Perron, Vladimir Tarasenko, you know, he requested a trade prior to this season. Um, he's having a really good year. Jordan Cairo has been great. You know, Barbashev on the third one, Oscar Sundquist, former Penguin, Brandon Saad, Tyler Bozak um, on the fourth line. Um, it looks like Pavel Buchnevich um, is hurt right now. Um, I don't think he's going to be playing. Um, well, actually, the latest news, he's not been ruled out for Thursday's game. Um, he actually practiced... Yesterday in a no-contact jersey, I'm sure he practiced um, today um, as well. Robert Thomas has also been banged up a bit lately. Um, he did not play in their game a few nights ago. I'm not sure if he's going to play. Um, and this one, it was due to an illness. So we'll have to see um, if he does play in it. Um, Tyler Bozak, though, he's expected to miss at least four weeks, actually. So uh, he will not be playing in this game. That actually came out 12 o'clock today. So the line's on left wing lock that's going to have to be updated so no bozak that's that's big for, that's obviously big uh defensively colton pareko he's having a really nice year marco scandella justin folk tory crew he's always been a nice power play specialist um good at even strength um but you know krug you know he's mainly known for his ability to quarterback a power play you know he kind of reminds me of sergey gonchar a bit in a way um just with how methodical he is at the point he has a bomb of a shot great playmaking ability um, now for a while, I've, I've always wanted the Penguins to somehow get him. Um, but you know, he's, he's making a lot of money down there in St. Louis. Um, you know, Robert Bortuzzo, also former Penguin. And then, uh, Mikula, who is on the left side, remember him and, uh, Crosby were definitely going at it in that first matchup. And, you know, remember, remember that first game, the Penguins were down three to one to the blues, um, in the third period and they were able to come back, tie the game. And then remember the Blues challenged for goaltender interference. Did not get it. Craig Berube had a nice, a nice filled diaper after the game. And then, of course, Evan Rodriguez was able to bury the game winner with, I think, six to seven minutes left. The Penguins were able to win that game. And that was during one of their hottest – that was their hottest stretch of the season um, right there. It was just a really nice win for the Penguins just because, you know, you know, I think that was when Casey DeSmith started. You know, he didn't really play well in that game. Mike Sullivan pulls him from Tristan Jari and Jari doesn't allow um, a goal for the rest of the game. You know, he was, he was that freaking good. So um, I would assume Tristan will start in this one. You know, Casey DeSmith wasn't terrible in Nashville. Again, I didn't really like the third goal that he gave up, but you know, I still think, you know, it, it wasn't really too bad. And of course, hopefully my mic did not pick on my girlfriend just yelling while she's playing video games. Um, so she just sounds like me sometimes, but um, it, it's going to be Tristan for this game. You know, he got a nice night off. He'll get the start here, I would assume. Saturday, I think it's maybe you flip a coin. You know, I don't really mind which goal you go to. Um, my gut kind of tells me it's DeSmith, but I also would not be surprised if it is Tristan there. But, you know, St. Louis, they're a very physical team. Um, the Penguins were definitely pushed around against Nashville. I'm not really going to subscribe to the notion, though, that they need to get bigger and tougher at the trade deadline or something like that. 
Um, you know, they're just the Penguins don't hit a lot that, at the end of the day. Um, and honestly, if a team is leading the game in hits, that mainly means that they don't have the puck. And last night was a perfect example of that. Nashville outhit them. I think for a time it was like 36 to 12 or something. And you know what? I didn't really care because the Penguins had the puck the entire game. The only reason why Nashville won was because um, just a couple dumb Penguin uh, miscues and UC Soros was just gone. So, you know, if, if that game is played nine uh, more times, the Penguins probably win at eight. You know, I, even with UC Soros um, playing really good. So um, for this one, you know, the Penguins just got to uh, try to match the Blues physicality. But if not, you know, just got to, you know, skate around it. You know, just don't play into their hands there. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Blues special teams, they're not too terrible um, as well. But, you know, I'm curious to see also what lines Mike Sullivan does. Does he keep the Matheson-Latang pairing going? No, I know I went on record in my last episode and say, you know, maybe I would change it at some point because they're both high-risk players. Though, I get it, the underlying numbers are pretty good with Matheson and Latang, so I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Sullivan keeps that pairing together at least for a little more or longer to see um, if they bounce back from that. Um, I would hope that both players have a much better game than they did on Tuesday against Nashville because that was just um, dreadful. That was easily Mike Matheson's worst game of the year. Latang had some really good stuff, um, had some really bad stuff um, as well. So that's my preview for the game on Thursday. Big one, obviously, for Pittsburgh. Um, if they can win that game, they'll get points 82 and 83. Penguins, of course, as I said, have already beaten St. Louis once this year um, in Pittsburgh. Um, so... Um, I'm sure Jordan Bennington will get the start. Um, but honestly, Jordan Bennington hasn't really been um, as good this year. It's actually his backup, Vili Huso, has been better than him this year. So he has played in 24 games this year, has 16 goals saved above expected, 928 save percentage, 2.24 goals against average. If we now go down to find our good friend, um, let's see here. He is way down here, I think. Good Lord. Jordan Bennington, 80th overall among goalies, 29 games played this year. He's allowed five more goals above expected, 903 save percentage, 3.1 goals against average. That is what we like to call a yikes in the chat right there. Um, that is just absolutely, that's dreadful. Uh, that contract, that was, I think it was a, uh, that was six times six when he signed about a year and a half ago. Good luck. <laughs> that's a that's a bad contract. Um, honestly, I would not be surprised if Huso did start because he's been the better goalie this year. Though I do think Bennington goes. It's always fun when uh, he does have a full diaper. We, the Penguin. We finally got to experience it this year because I, I've always been wondering. Like you know, he always does this against these other teams. He gets so mad for no reason. I kind of want to see it happen against the Penguins. Well, it finally did during the game. You know, he got really jammed in after the game, um, especially. So um, bad contract there. He's had a really dreadful season. Um, you know, if, if, if he does start in the playoffs, and I think he probably will because, you know, he, obviously the Blues won a cup with him. Um, I'm not sure how far they're going to go if they get, you know, a 903 level performance from him. From him, That's for sure. So if he is the starter, Penguins just got to pepper him with a lot of shots. This isn't UC Soros over here who's having a great year. Um, this goalie can be had, and the Penguins have already gotten him um, at least once this year. So coming up in the next segment, I'm going to get to um, some talk on Kasperi Kapanen and why hopefully, you know, maybe a moment that I saw on Tuesday can at least maybe get a jolt um, in him, at least from a leadership point of view. So stick around for that coming up here in this next segment.
All right. We're back here on this episode on the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, you know, I saw this last night um, during the game. So when Latang threaded that beautiful pass to Kapanen on the breakaway and Kapanen basically shot it right into Saros' logo. I mean, it's just a really poorly placed shot. He could have done anything else there. Go five, try to go five hole, top cheese, made a deke even, but decided to do the worst out of the, all those options and just shoot it right into the logo. And we saw him go to the bench and he's basically just, for those on YouTube, I'm, I'm just, he's putting his head down, you know, basically almost, you know, like slamming his stick and screaming to himself because, you know, he knows he's in a rut and he knows just what's going on. It's not acceptable. But I noticed Jeff Carter um, basically put his hand um, on his leg and just, you know, tap him right there saying, you know what, you got this. You're going to break out of this slum soon. And, you know, that's just, that's good leadership, you know, in all honesty, you know, I, I feel like that's a moment that Kapanen may remember if he does break out of this. And trust me, I'm, I'm not trying to sim for Kasperi Kapanen right now. I know how dreadful he's been. And if he is traded, I, I'm not really going to care that much. But if he is on the team after the deadline, you know, I'm obviously going to root for him to get out of the slump because I don't want to see a player suffer like this. But I just thought it was a really good thing for someone like Carter to do because, you know, I'm sure he's been there in some capacity with being in a slump. And, you know, he just, you know, he wanted to be there for his teammate who, you know, is really going through the motions right now. I mean, the guy was just a healthy scratch just a very little short time ago. Um, and he's honestly never been scratched ever since he came into the NHL. Um, and he's just, you know, again, having the season from hell right now. Nothing is going in the net. I mean, you know, he, he gets a breakaway when it's three to one at that point. The Penguins can make it three to two with a decent amount of time left in the third period. And he's just not able to bury that chance. If this is last year, um, he probably does, um, at least in my opinion. But um, just really liked what Carter did there, you know, just being there for him and you know, just t- tapping his leg saying, hey, man, you know, you're, you're going to hopefully get out of this at some point. Um, you know, w- w- you know, me, me speaking, we'll see. You know, I want to see it to believe it, um, I guess. But it was just another brutal night for him. Um, I know it's basically been a nightly uh, thing to say at this point when I record. Um, but I, I and I, I am rooting for him to hopefully turn this around. You know, I'm not just going to openly root against someone on the team um, that I cover. I'm just I'm not I'm not wired like that. But again, if he is traded, um, I'm not I, I'm not going to be surprised, to say the least. So I wanted to touch on that. You know, um, we'll see what line he's on um, for Thursday against the Blues. I would imagine it's probably the third line again with Carter. Um, you know, remember Rodriguez is probably going to stay on Sid's line. I'm sure they're going to have Brian Rust on the second line. Also, one more thing before I let you all go. Um, I, I don't think it was just me that saw this. Mike Sullivan played Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby almost four minutes at even strength um, last uh, on Tuesday night. That's something that he hardly ever does. I know Dan Bilesma used to do it quite more often. Mike Johnston never really did. But, you know, I think as the regular season gets closer to ending – and the closer they get to a playoff spot, the more I think Sullivan is going to play with some of these combinations because it was right after a penalty call a couple of times. Sullivan sent out Sid, Jake, and Gino for some shifts, and a couple of times they had some very uh, nice extended zone time in the offensive zone. And I do want to see more of that moving forward. You know, I know the Oilers do it a lot with Drysaddle and McDavid, but you know, I, I think Sullivan always just has been a coach that prefers to have, you know, them on their separate lines. And obviously that's how you spread the wealth here. But, you know, I am glad that he is trying something new with these combinations. 
And he's, you know, putting the two-headed monster out there together because they've always had good numbers um, when they are out there together at 5v5. You know, especially in that kind of situation where you're kind of chasing the game. You're you're playing well, but you're not winning. You know, why not? That could give the team a jolt if you score, especially. And, you know, that could also, you know, lead you to play them more together moving forward. So I'll be curious to see if Mike Sullivan starts doing that a bit more here as the season starts, you know, to get closer. Yeah, I mean, even closer to ending. Um I should say, I've, I've always been a fan of, of both of them playing together at times at even strength. And, you know, we, we will see if that happens here uh, moving forward. But that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am back tomorrow night with a full game recap episode for the Penguins-Blues matchup. Then Friday, I'll have a preview for the matchup against Arizona. And, you know, we'll see if the Penguins have some trades um, and all that. So thank you all so much for listening to this one. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday.